I don't mean that in the sense of gay belittlement as it's currently come to be interpreted. No. I'm an old-fashioned cocksucker. The more traditional kind. The kind who fucks over anyone who hurts me or a loved one. You speak of ugliness, Mr. Conover. You have not yet met ugliness. Buddy, welcome back to Inane. Thanks for your patience as I took a very needed break, visited with my family in Washington, which I'll talk about in a bit. I have so much to talk about. Uh, I have no idea how long this show is going to be. You know, I'll try to keep it around half an hour as usual, but there's a ton <laughs> that I need to cover. This is one of those situations where normally I'm like, all right, what do I want to talk about? Now it's what don't I talk about? As always, you know, I get back from these trips and I'm inspired with uh, cooking ideas, photography, music writing, all this stuff. The traveling is usually a lot of fun and it's not as fun as it's been before because you got to wear a mask from the time you walk into the airport to the time you get to your destination and you're on the curb. It's a federal offense to not wear it, right? But traveling's always fun. My my family, they eat plant-based a lot. So I come back and I'm filled with all this info. And I had made a decision while I was there to ditch this. I've got this grill that's old. It's like 12 years old. It's been beaten to hell. It's nasty crusty. It's, you know, it's got all kinds of rust. I'm going to ditch this thing. The only reason why I still have it is because I use a a Bakerstone pizza oven on it and I need a grill to heat it up and it makes great pizza. But now I'm going another direction. Uh, It's on back order, but I'm getting a portable pizza oven that works with wood pellets. So it's actual wood fired pizza oven. Gets up to a thousand degrees and we'll cook a pizza in like three to four minutes. It's similar to the uni, if you're familiar with any of that. So I'm excited to get started with that, and I'll share my experiences with um, cooking wood-fired pizzas this summer. But man, did I have a trip. God bless it. Got to Washington two weeks ago this past Monday, about three days before my sister got there to join us. We were going to do this family reunion And right out of the gate, my brother and my sister-in-law, they take me to Snoqualmie Falls, which is a giant waterfall that rivals the height of Niagara Falls. It's just a lot narrower. It's just gorgeous. And that, just an hour there, it set the tone for the rest of this trip. Now, I've mentioned that I've gotten into taking, you know, nature photos because covid has all but killed my ability to shoot pictures of people. There is more nature beauty in the state of Washington than any other place I visited in my life. And that includes Colorado, which was pretty goddamn beautiful. So the next day, my brother takes me fishing. 
to this lake. And it's like two and a half hours from his house. And I try to talk him out of it, but he's like, no, the lake is supposed to be stocked with fish. And what it ended up just being a great road trip because we were having some car problems, stopped a lot, managed to find some really cool towns, some sleepy towns. And the fishing, though, was a bit of a bust. I mean, the lake was supposed to be loaded, right? We left with three fish. Now, if you know my brother and I, when we're fishing, three fish, that's a disappointing fishing trip. I mean, it was supposed to be loaded with it. It couldn't have been more than 15 feet deep in the dark, uh, the deepest part of the lake. So we went home. Next day, now mind you, it's less than 48 hours since I've been in the state. Now we're golfing at this course called Gold Mountain, which turned out to be um, a very high-end course, home to a lot of college tournaments, uh, the junior national tournaments. Jordan Spieth won his amateur title there before he went pro. So this course was no bullshit. And we played the players' tees, right? Because this course is long. It's got a slope rating off the charts. If you land on the green, two putts, easy. I mean, there's no chance you're going to kick this course's ass. And I had to rent clubs, which made me nervous, right? Because I, you know, I don't know where I'm golfing. I don't know the course. I know it's long. I have clubs I've never used before. So they offered me Callaways. And the choice, stiff or flex. And I went, well, definitely stiff. This set of Callaways were better than the clubs I have at home. I have a pair of Nikes. I mean, my set is Nike. We hit it long and straight all day long. Both broke 100, which is like a miracle. Had some back-to-back pars. I birdied a par 5 from the apron with a 14-foot pitch. Amazing day of golf. Couldn't have gone better. Then we picked my sister up on Thursday. And we immediately go to this Korean fried chicken joint, which was stupid good. Spent the next few days cooking, drinking with my brother, checking out food markets. You know, we all cook. My family cooks like we really cook. Made some killer pizzas. My nephew shows up. We ate like kings. Drank really good wine. Had a bottle of Camus that my sister brought. It was one of the finest bottles of wine I've ever had. And, but what this did was it set the table for what was coming next. We were going to take my sister camping in the Olympic Mountains, and I have never camped with my sister before. I wouldn't have even thought to take my sister camping. But before we go camping, which was going to happen on Memorial Day, which is the Monday, right? We're going to leave Monday, come home Wednesday. On that Friday, just a few days after my brother and I had such a disappointing fishing day at Lake Aberdeen, this, you know, two and a half hour trip, we decide to return to the scene of the crime from last summer. It's a lake called Kitsap Lake. It's around 45 minutes from my brother's house. Now, last year, we fished in August, which is notoriously a piss-poor time to be fishing for trout. The water's too warm. The fish go to the bottom to rest. They wait for the cold weather to return. But no, not for me and my brother. When we fish together, the two of us, We fuck shit up. We're like the mafia when we hit the water. I'm serious. The economy's in the tank. Mafia still finds a way to make money. That's my brother and I when we fish. If there's fish in the lake, we're going to find them and we're going to kill them. Even if no one else is pulling them in, we're getting lucky. So last August, 
We defied the odds. We kicked the shit out of the place. Caught 11 trout in 90 minutes. Threw one back. An eagle swooped down and ate it. Right? First for me. So on Friday, we visit this lake, and we're doing our thing. Except this time, the fish were a little finicky. Like my brother, he knows the hot spots. He knows the depth, the thermocline, the perfect current. The depth is like the hardest thing to determine when fishing. If you're not a fisherman, fish like to feed at a certain depth, right? So they rarely will rise or sink to meet the bait that you're throwing them. You have to meet them, give or take like a foot or two maybe. Depends on how how hungry they are. So we're hitting this sweet spot. We catch two trout each within half an hour. Things go silent. So about two hours later, my sister-in-law and my sister, they're out shopping. They decide they're going to bring us some lunch, some of the leftover Korean fried chicken, right? So we dry dock the boat, eat some lunch, head back out. Then the slaughter starts. Within 15 minutes, I'm hooking up. Then my brother hooks up. Then I hook up. Then he hooks up. Goes on for like two hours. We finally hit our limit, 10 fish. Best part of this story. Okay, let me back up. Last August on that lake. I hope I'm not boring you with this. Last August, uh, I I saw not only my first bald eagle, but I saw two of them. I'd never seen one in real life. They were fighting for a tree to, to sit on. Like regular birds, you know. So I throw a fish back in the lake. One of the eagles swoops down, gets it, and eats it. So that was a pretty special time, right? I got to feed an eagle. Pretty cool. I'm an outdoorsman, okay? I'm a nature lover, a sandal-wearing, tree-hugging, dirt sleeper. I mean, I love this shit. Nature is my jam. I love the creatures of the forest and the desert, so it's a big deal to me. But this year, things were a bit amplified. So I hook up somewhere around my third or fourth fish. I lost a fish at the boat. I lip-hooked it. Just fighting like hell, got off. I don't care. You know, that doesn't upset me. I don't mind losing a fight to a fish that wants to live that that much. I respect it. But I lose the fish, then I hook up with another one. It hardly feels like a fish. Like I know it's small, and I'm going to throw it back. I just hope I'm not going to kill it. Because I don't like to kill anything that I don't intend to eat. And it bums me out if I kill something, and um, and I'm not going to eat it. If it dies on my watch... I, you know, sometimes I'll stop fishing. Like, I don't trust myself. So I bring this thing in. It's like 10 inches. It's a dinker. Uh, I get in my net. I keep it in the water. I get the hook out of its mouth. I do the whole thing. I'm, what I've been trained to do, you know, I hold it by its tail. I'm moving water through its gills so it can catch its breath before I release it, right? So I release it. It swims off away from our boat. So I feel good, right? Like, I saved this poor thing's life. Until I did not save its life. This fish must have made it 80 feet from our boat. It realized maybe it wasn't doing so well, starts swimming sideways or some shit, starts showing some silver on its side, attracts the attention of the eagle, must have been staring at us the entire time from a tree. It swoops down, snags the fish, carries it away to a tree and starts to eat it. Now I'm bummed out, right? I facilitated this thing's death, but at least I fed an eagle again. Now, I wish this story stopped there, but it doesn't. This part gets scary. So my brother's bringing in his fourth fish of the day, right? It's in the net. He's working to release the hook from his throat. Out of nowhere, I see another eagle coming. Now, I don't know if it's the same one or not. Who knows? I see this motherfucker's coming toward my brother. He's got his back turned to it, all right? It went from 100 feet down to 50 feet, like instantly. And it's got its eyes on my brother's fish. It's coming closer. 
So calmly, I tell my brother, dude, eagle at your six, coming fast. My brother's just getting a hook out of this trout's mouth. He turns around to look. Now the eagle's maybe 90 feet away from us. I don't know what to do, right? I put my fists up. Like, I'm going to beat the shit out of this thing if it tries to attack my brother. As quickly as I did that, reality sets in. I can't fight a fucking eagle. This thing would claw and bite the shit out of me. I mean, I'll fight anything, anyone, anytime if I'm, you know, being accosted. But an eagle? I'd get my ass kicked. The only thing I could think to do was maybe grab the fillet knife that we have on the boat. But just as I think of doing that, now these things are protected, right? If you hurt one of these things, you're going to prison. But just as I, the whole thing starts and stops so instantly. And this thing's like 20 feet away from us. He decides to fuck off and just passes us. But the adrenaline from that lasted like five minutes. I went from never seeing an eagle before in my life to almost getting into an altercation with one in like less than 10 months. Ah, boy. Final score, 10 fish, less than six hours. We had to work for it that day. But we had another epic day on the water. That's what fishing with my brother's like, man. The dude has got it down to a science. And we always make a great team, too. We work together really well. And you got to remember, this is day five of this trip. I got another seven of these to go. This is one of the best vacations of my life. I'm drinking great wine. I'm catching fish with my brother. Golfing, PGA-level course, cooking, having awesome craft beers, surrounded by pine trees. I got frogs croaking me to sleep at night. I got birds for an alarm clock. I'm drinking some of the best espresso in my life. You know, elevated roast and this spacecraft thing that my brother calls an espresso machine. And the whole trip is ridiculous. And my sister's there. Like we have, the three of us had not breathed the same air together in like 25 years. So this is like a real reunion. So on Sunday... We're going to do some pizza, right, before we leave on a camping trip. But we, you know, we don't just do pizza in this family. Much like fishing, we fuck shit up. We slay pizza. So I made one, and my sister and brother, they're going to team up on me, which I didn't think was fair because they're both much better cooks than I am. So I make a French pizza, all right? I brought a couple of these smoked duck breasts with me. So I took one of them, sliced it thin, And uh, it was a smoked duck pizza with caramelized onions, sautéed mushrooms, and gruyere cheese across the top. And my brother and sister, they made one with prosciutto di parma that my sister brings back from New York, fresh tomatoes, provolone, mozzarella, and some fresh basil from my sister-in-law's garden. And that's just the toppings. you got to realize, my brother, when he makes his pizza dough, it's the best pizza dough I've ever tasted. 80% hydration ferments for almost three days so this dough was chewy and it rose like jesus on easter i'm crazy this crust had big air pockets right you can't stop eating this stuff and listen if you're not hungry yet (laughs) i don't know what else to say we ate all right we made appetizers roasted bone marrow on toast with a parsley caper salad on top piquillo peppers Stuffed with manchego cheese. My sister brought all kinds of Italian cold cuts from New York. Mortadella, gabagool, garlic salami, more gabagool. We're loaded with so much sodium after we hate that meal. 
Uh, we could have seasoned a country ham with our breath. So next day, Memorial Day, okay, we take my sister for a two-night trip to the Olympic Mountains. We're going to go camping. Now, that was a fun time. My sister, she wants to get into sh- really, you know, she wants to get into shape really badly. And she knows we can help her, but I'm not going to put her through boot camp on her vacation, right? But my brother goes, we're going to hike both days. The first day, pretty moderate. He kept it short, small climbs. The second day, he almost murdered her. I thought he was going to kill her. We were hiking to an elevation of, it was around 5,800 feet. And the trail we were supposed to take was paved at this visitor center, but it was long. She'd been hiking like two and a half, three miles if we did the whole thing. So to get to the same elevation, we decided to take a shortcut. It's a dirt path straight up to where we're going on dirt and a little bit of snow, maybe quarter mile total, but it's straight the fuck up this thing. I thought my sister was going to die, but she continued to push forward and made it proud of her. We ate at the top. We were under a couple of uh, shaded pine trees. We had a loaf of bread, some creme fraiche, smoked fish, some caviar, and some beer. Now, you want to talk about living. We were living large on top of this peak. And there's these deer everywhere, right? Holy shit, these deer. You'll be walking along a path. Deer will just cross right in front of you. They don't give a shit. This is their place, not yours. They're not afraid of you. No one's shooting at them up there. This fucking thing walks right in front of us. Sees that my brother's eating a bag of peanuts, right? He wants whatever he's eating. And listen, you're not supposed to feed wild animals, all right? Because they get used to that, and then they can't fend for themselves. But my brother, he's teasing this thing. He's like, hey, you want something? He opens his empty hand. Fuck you, got nothing. I'm like, dude, come on. That's cruel. It knows you have food. Comes right to you. Give this, throw this thing a couple peanuts, all right? At least. So he feeds it a few peanuts. I'm recording everything here, right? Instagram stories to just end all Instagram stories. Great fucking time. By Wednesday, when we get back, I'm exhausted from activity. It's nonstop. I mean, we didn't even eat like normal campers on this trip. It was like glamping. We got to bring high-end food. My brother, he goes, look, you got to cook something nice, right? So what do I do? I pre-made cassoulet back at the house. So now we're eating French bean stew with duck confit in the mountains. Second night, my brother's grilling steaks, corn on the cob. We're making roast garlic mashed potatoes. We're drinking incredible wine. In the mornings, it was worse. We were drinking the best camp coffee ever. I mean, he roasts this expensive Peruvian black honey and first parallel. We're grinding it by hand with this pricey grinder. It looks like a giant pepper mill. It grinds real fine to like Turkish. And we're cooking the stuff in a small Turkish coffee pot on the stove. Then we drain it through a pour-over system. The drink is called the Chev. And it's a fantastic cup of coffee. It's almost like a strained espresso drink, like a filtered espresso. Oh, my God. It's nuts. The only part that resembled camping was the fire in the fire pit and the fact that we slept in a tent. Other than that... It was like being in a resort. Now, speaking of coffee, dude, for 12 days, I was like spoiled. Every morning, fresh, elevated roast. It's coming through this Italian espresso machine of his. You know when they say pull a shot? That's what you actually do with this thing. You pull this lever, and it pulls a shot. And there's a flow control on it that he's installed. 
So you can adjust it. So you can pull like a perfect shot in 45 to 50 seconds. And I've, I've had all his beans before. But now I'm tasting flavors I've never tasted in them. It was like drinking liquid malt extract with a fat head on it. That's how rich it was. Coffee nectar. It's nuts. My sister was a real pisser, though. Oh, God. She worries about shit, you know? I'm like, God, calm down. She's a worrier. People like that sometimes. She's worried we're going to get eaten by bears out there. Don't leave your shit out while we're on the hike. Someone's going to steal our stuff. Worried about a fanny pack. Thought she left it on the ground at the bottom of the climb. We're both like, dude, mellow out. Enjoy the outdoors. Outdoors is where you can leave your anxiety behind. You know, your pack's in the car. No one's going to steal our stuff. Campers are good people. But the bear? (laughs) Dude, I've been camping since I was in short pants. Not once have I seen a bear. You got to be really remote to even have the possibility of seeing a bear. And even if you do, scare it off by making noise. They don't want anything to do with people. You can yell shit at them. They'll piss off. They just want your food. But sometimes they might be desperate. And if they continue to come, well, play dead. Let them eat your shit. Bear attacks are really rare. You got to royally fuck up in the wilderness to get attacked by a bear. Like, you know, you got to, like, play with one of their cubs or something. If you got a death wish, try that shit. Oh, anyway, I needed that. I expected it to be a great time, but I did not expect it to be that special. Every day just seemed to be better than the day before it. Like, my brother outdid himself. I mean, he works his ass off. And he needed the time off. So that helped squelch a little bit of my guilt. But, I mean, he put himself out there busted his ass every day for me and my sister, worked hard to make every day special. He drove all over the place. He lost sleep. I mean, the guy's just, he's a fucking man, a giver. So right before I leave on my trip, and I know that stories are going to break left, right, and center. There was this story that broke about this high school in Florida that released their yearbook with very heavily and poorly photoshopped images of girls who the school had deemed uh, were wearing inappropriate clothing. Like, you know, shirt shows uh, your shoulders or too much cleavage, they'll photoshop it. But somehow, these same rules didn't apply for boys at the school. So there were all these images of guys wearing tank tops and speedos, you name it, all left alone. So there's a whole sexism aspect of it. But the problem isn't that they just did this without saying anything or asking anybody, but it was some of the laziest photoshopping that I'd ever seen in my life. Like a clone tool with a big brush with no feathering, uh, and then they just started putting dots all over the place to make it look like her shirt naturally covered her shoulder, but it ended up looking like a Rorschach test barfed all over her fucking face. I mean, if you're going to use Photoshop, learn how to use it properly. My 13-year-old could have done a better job than this. But the worst part is that they were photoshopping the shape of these girls' breasts because they were deemed too defined. Like They're obsessed about this crap. Like the outline of her shirt or her sweater, it was too much for them. And then they did such a piss-poor job of retouching. This girl now looks like she was deformed. So now, of course, you know, teenagers being shitty teenagers, she was ridiculed for having these lopsided breasts. Now, this was a colossal fuck-up 
of such epic proportions. The school should be sued for this. Emotional distress, 100%. But instead, they go, well, they offered refunds to any students who didn't like how their photos turned out. As long as the yearbook hadn't been signed yet. Like, who's going to sign that piece of shit? I mean, what is this? It's some kind of Christian purity law at that school. And what the fuck is going on in Florida? I mean, do we really, do we have a state weirder than that? Seems like everything they do doesn't really make sense to anybody else. They're like the last to be vaccinated. People act all wonky, do strange shit. It's about as deep into the South as you could possibly get. It's like the high school that I went to in Arkansas. They got super Christian on us over there. We had to do sex education, right? Because the state mandates it. But instead of getting into the specifics, they ended up showing us this gritty 8mm film of an actual abortion. Like there was this giant vacuum cleaner or some shit. I couldn't watch it. And the woman that they assigned to teach us sex ed was the most unattractive woman in history. Fat. I think she probably liked women. I mean, she was just an angry bitch. We got practically no sex education. Isn't it funny they hire somebody to teach you sex education from somebody who looks like no one would fuck in the first place? And that's why we had, you know, we had such a high pregnancy rate in our school. I mean, girls were getting pregnant our senior year. Easy. Some in the junior year. And they censor our books. Anything racy. Pride and Prejudice. Catcher in the Rye. Fuck that. Take those books right out. This is why I couldn't read classics until I was in my 20s. I was in college reading classics. They weren't available to me in high school. You know what happens when you repress teenagers like that? Squelch their their natural desires? The minute they're no longer under your thumb, they're drinking like fish and fucking like bunnies. And that's when the real problems start. You got to treat teenagers like adults. Instead of coddling them and protecting them from all the realities of the actual world. This is what pisses me off about fundamental Christianity. It's stifling and hypocritical. The people in power at the top, they're the ones having affairs and creating, you know, having drinking problems. Breaking up families. They're doing all the things that they're telling you not to do. It's a bunch of horse shit. Like I read this great quote some time ago. It stuck with me. You don't learn anything from winning. All of life lessons, all everything worth learning from your, that from your life are, come from your losses. And think about how true that is. Think about true success stories. People who have made like a goal for themselves, did the work, took the ass kickings that come with chasing a dream, the rejection the failures, the long hours, the financial risk. And in spite of all of those things, they make a success of themselves. And this is how life works. Like I got a lot of sympathy from these two major losses I've had in my life. And I appreciated that, the love, the support, respect. But I didn't want sympathy. I just needed the support to know that people in my life would be there if I fell down. And I was never worried about falling, and I fell a lot. I never worried about that because I knew that if I needed to get my knees bloody a few times, if I was going to find my way back to life, 
Like any of you, I prefer to have none of this stuff happen, right? I didn't need these things. They seem senseless to me. But nobody has a life path that's linear. Not to say that it should be a fucking rat maze like mine, but everyone has problems. And some are bigger and more intense than others. But it's the loss that helps you grow. Now, it can completely destroy you if you let it. Don't get me wrong. It's risky. You just have to give fewer fucks when this stuff happens. I'm not saying not to care. Just don't give into it. Sometimes life sucks, man. You know, if there were no bitter moments in life, you'd have no idea how sweet it could be. All of this only made me stronger, not weaker. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, maybe that's what helps me enjoy every day that I'm given. I wake up, I'm like, oh, great, I got another one. And I, I'm, I'm digging it. You know, when I got off the plane, I'm arriving back home, right? I purposely didn't call my friend right away. It's like once I was a baggage claim, I'd said, oh, I just landed. And I did this on purpose because this is the guy who will drop everything to help you. The kind of guy that bails you out of jail at 2 a.m. So I wanted some time to enjoy waiting outside watching people get picked up without my mask on. So I've been wearing it for a while. What I saw was incredible. It's like COVID, you know, kept us wrapped up. This was the first time that I could do some serious people watching. And I saw just about everything you could imagine watching in 30 minutes. I watched a mom and her son get picked up by her husband. The kid runs into his dad's arms. And this guy's hugging his kid with his eyes closed for had to be three minutes. I watched two girlfriends reunite. Hadn't seen each other in a long time. Huge hugs, tears on their faces. I watched a guy get picked up by his wife. Obviously not the best of circumstances. Never smiles at him. Doesn't even bother to get out of the car. He's got to tell her twice to please unlock the trunk so he could put his luggage in there. Whatever was going on there wasn't good at all. I watched this guy and his wife get picked up by another couple. The wife was, I guess, a surprise. She was hiding behind the pillar came out at the last second, and I guess they had told the other wife it was just him coming. So she comes unglued. She was so happy to see her. And, oh, man, there's so many good things. There was this old couple that were bitching about having to uh, wear a mask for so long and how ridiculous all this shit is. COVID's fake. Their daughter picks him up in an expensive Audi. No smile on her face. I saw every emotion, man. It ran the gamut. And it kind of cemented or solidified what I've known about myself for a long time. I love people and I miss being able to see stuff like that. Now that things are getting better, you know, and things are opening up, uh, I'd love to enjoy that because that just doesn't get old to me. I love watching that. Did you see this card game? It came out a few weeks ago. It's called Not That Funny. And it's like the antithesis of Cards Against Humanity. So it's created, it was a response to uh, a racist incident that the game's designer had. And I don't know what it was, but uh, not that funny. It invites players to challenge jokes and comments that perpetuate harmful stereotypes against marginalized people. That sounds like a blast, right? It's a party game for three or more players. Not that funny follows a similar formula to titles such as Cards Against Humanity in that 
players play cards in response to a prompt. However, rather than attempting to be the most offensive, players will be looking to play the response that they believe is the best for the situation proposed. Now, if this isn't the most politically correct pile of monkey shit that I've ever seen thrown at people, have we completely lost our sense of humor? Like, have you ever seen a picture of my nose? I've had friends breaking my balls about my fat Italian nose for decades. I lap that shit up because I'm going to break their balls about something else. Take your shots, man, because my shots are coming back. It's called having a self-deprecating sense of humor. Stop with the hurty feelings already. What are we, a bunch of pussies? This game's ridiculous. You want to know how ridiculous? The game has started. This is how the game starts. The shortest person in the group of people playing gets to go first, so it makes them feel better. Fuck you. I'll tell you something. I show up at a party and they make they take this game out or they tell me they're, they're going to be playing this game. I'm grabbing my shit, going home. Got an early morning. Sorry, got to go. Cards Against Humanity. It's old now. It's stale. Not even that funny. I loved when it first came out. It was irreverent. That's what we want. Why does everything have to be nice and polite? It's a party. Party already. If you want to sit around and hand out compliments, go ahead. But then, you know, play a dirty, filthy adult game until your partner's drunk enough to want to fuck you and go home. God damn, this country's become a pain in the ass. There's another headline that caught my eye. From the Oregonian. I think you know where this one's going. Portland police declare riot, arrest five, as marchers break windows on anniversary of George Floyd's murder. 200 people gathered in front of this justice center. And people in the crowd lit fireworks. They lit a dumpster on fire. They went and tagged the justice center with graffiti and then go to City Hall and started breaking windows. And then they started throwing water bottles and fireworks at police officers. This is how you celebrate George Floyd's death by breaking the law? You think that's a good look for you? You can march and protest. That's one thing, but man, get carried away with this shit. I was with the riots. I don't get it. Yeah, here's another one that got me, raising an eyebrow. Amazon's Echo Dot, you know, the Alexa thing. (laughs) Starting next week, they're automatically going to enroll you into Amazon Sidewalk, which is a feature that allows your neighbors to borrow a bits of your bandwidth to run their Echo Dot and stuff if their internet goes down or something. It's like a, it turns your, your Echo Dot into a free Wi-Fi hotspot for anybody who's got a weak connection. And they're not asking you about this, all right? They're telling you, you're doing this. You have to opt out of it, not opt in. Well, that's kind of rude, no? They're saying the amount of bandwidth is restricted to 500 megabytes a month. But still, man, that's 500 megabytes you're paying for. And once they implement this, you'll want to opt out of it by disabling Amazon Sidewalk. So, you want to practice this now, I'll, I'll show you. To do this, you got an Echo Dot, right? Open the Alexa app on your phone and go to More, Settings, Account Settings, Amazon Sidewalk, and then choose Disable. And that's all you have to do. Do it now so you know where it is, but then do it next Monday. I'm being told that even if you do it now, it's going to automatically enable it once it's launched. 
But I'm like, Jesus, not only does she tell shitty jokes, doesn't get my sense of humor, but she's now giving my, my shit away for free. Now, we were warned about these fucking AI things, man. But one more surprise like this, I'm sending that bitch packing. It's not like we didn't ask for it, you know? We knew the dangers of letting an AI run things like lights and internet and shit. Dude, years ago, and I'm talking like long before we even had an iPhone, It was at, I was at this, uh, it was an appliance store. It was a really high-end appliance store. This friend of mine is buying some stuff. And this guy's going on and on and on about the future of appliances, like how someday all your appliances will run through your home internet and you'll order groceries um, on directly on your fridge and everything will be tied together. And I'm thinking now, this guy must have had some real knowledge about the situation because this was well over 10 years before I saw any of this stuff start to creep up. But seriously, how much longer before Alexa's controlling your whole house? Those ring doorbell devices, that's the kicker here, right? That's what people are going to be sucking your internet for. Imagine if someday somebody comes to your door, Alexa sees them through the ring device, and they look, I don't know, sad or or cold. And Alexa decides that this person needs to come in the house. Then she unlocks your fucking door for him. How long before that shit goes down? Huh? God damn it. Nah. Hey, look, I don't mean to bring things down here, but it was 10 years ago that Katrina was finishing her first rounds of chemo and preparing for a mastectomy. And you all know how that ended. I'm not going into it. But now, today, as I'm recording this show right now, in fact, a close friend of mine, his wife is starting her chemo treatments. So if you could send a good thought for them today, it just got me thinking, you know, how are cancer patients doing now during, you know, got all this COVID stuff? Because, you know, chemotherapy drops your red blood cell count, which makes you susceptible to infections. Now, imagine getting COVID during that. I mean, holy crap. Cancer wasn't bad enough. Now you got this to deal with. It's crazy. Anyway, I'd appreciate it. Send a good thought if you can. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm sure they will, too. Okay, I'm going to wrap this one up. Seems like I talked mostly about my trip. But, man, was it ever a good one. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.